0: What's up, what's up? Another week, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, The Football Academy. I'm Harris Sabone tonight with Will. How's it going, bro?
1: Oh, man, it is good. I am tired. I went to go see AEW last night. I drove an hour and a half to Duluth, which is 38 minutes away. Fuck Atlanta traffic. Um, Yeah, so if the voice sounds a little bit rusty, I apologize. I spent my whole night yelling at Willow Nightingale, and uh, CM Punk and MJF and just the whole gang of AEW wrestlers. I also yelled "fuck off, Fulham" to Tony Khan. Uh, this will wrap into something a little bit later in the show because uh, old uh, old Tony said some stuff, and uh, I'm gonna hold him accountable and uh, possibly punish myself in in uh, in retrospect. But uh, that's a surprise for later in the show.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. One uh, of the surprises: Braden is not here. He was in Seattle. And, uh, you know, had a fun time from the looks of it and from what I heard. And sadly, because he's gone, we do not have the betting totals. I also know I didn't do very well, so I'm very happy that I do not have to um, (laughs) go over the betting totals. But, I mean, uh, as a United fan, it was a shit, shit weekend. Um, The United versus Spurs game, uh, that's really the game to discuss, in my opinion. I'm really not going to go into... uh, a whole lot of refereeing shit because obviously, like right before the handball wasn't given, the game before I saw y'all not get or y'all get the red card, which was fucking crazy. But let's go into this game uh, as a supposed neutral in this game, uh, even though I know you're not. Um What were your thoughts? Uh, I know you're probably gonna talk about.
1: Well, I know you're gonna talk about United, so I'll go ahead and talk about Spurs, and I don't have too much to say aside from the fact that Spurs. <laughs> looks like exactly the team I thought they were going to under Ange, which is they're a tidbit more attacking. They look a little bit more exciting. Uh, I honestly think, with a new style of football, and the weird way to say it is there's a tidbit more unencumbered. Uh, it's weird to say that someone who is like the second highest scoring dude in the Premier League was a hindrance to a team, but watching the Spurs team play. In the past couple games they played, they seem to be a tidbit more free now knowing that they don't have to knock the ball up to Kane all the time. I'm not going to say it was a revolutionary performance, and I'm not going to necessarily say that I don't want to do the thing where it's like, this is more about Manchester United being booty and Tottenham being I. I do think there was some some bootiness to what happened with United, but I do think that there's something to be said about the way the Spurs play. The fact that it's a little bit more exciting and the fact that it's... It's getting the job done. I I it there's a long season to go, but from the show the first two two games we've seen of Angus Tottenham, I think this is a team that is going to make more noise than we're going to give them credit for. They look like there's another team who plays in blue in London who look like they are gonna fall apart and the wheels are gonna fall off. But there's another team in London who plays in almost blue who looks like they may have finally getting their shit together. That does not bode well for my team or a lot of other motherfuckers floating around. But, hey, again, I'm an old Celtic guy, so to see to see my Aussie mate do well is uh, super super refreshing. Uh, I'm sure that's not how you feel about performance at all.
0: You know what? Um, I, I do have to give a shout-out before I go anywhere else to Mary Herbs. I stayed up the whole fucking night and then ended up watching that England game. Fuck Spain, um, first and foremost. But that pen. I was so certain she was gonna save that fucking penalty. It was as certain as ever being that the is gonna concede every penalties faced. <laughs> like just period. And you know what? Best goalkeeper uh, United's had in a very very long time. And agreed. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, yeah. And uh, going back to this game, I mean, it, it, it's been such a shit start for United. I think uh, physically, you you saw the report of Mont being out. Re- scene just reported that Shaw is out, and I I'm actually concerned about Martin being out. I know people love to take the piss out of him right now, but I don't. I think he's been actually fine for the job that he's been asked to do. Like if you ha- the problem people have right now with United is the system that they're being asked to play. It has nothing to do with the players, in my opinion. You're asking Luke Shaw, who's also now hurt, so we'll see who replaces him. Asking us uh, to play an inverted role, and that's just not his game. And it is a sad reality that the way football has gone at this point, you need your fullbacks to invert to get you more control in the midfield so you can push your midfielders higher up. Like, that is how almost every successful team is playing right now. And um, not Luke Shaw's game. I mean, you're not ever going to fucking ask Wambasaka to come into the midfield. So that already hamstrings you. And then on top of that, like you don't take chances. Like, my big issue with Rashford over the years has been that he's so hot and cold. And pretty much every single attacker, United have hot and cold. And even on Saturday, when we need the players to step up, Bruno misses a fucking clear header. Um, Anthony puts the shot on the post. Uh, Garnacho, brother, I know you were young, but somebody's going to tell you to play football. Because you are playing fucking like a solo sport like tennis out there. Like, (laughs) I, I do not understand what the fuck is going through his head. And I think overall, like, people can be concerned if they want to. I... I'm not really concerned at this point. Like it's two games in the season. I might be if like it's 10 games in and we've still got only one win. But ultimately, I I, I just feel bad for Ten Hawk because the summer started very decently. You got the three big signings you wanted, two of whom are fucking currently injured, so go figure. Um, and then you, we needed more players, and the players have just not come and in games like this, when you need a game changer, when you need that uh, moment of inspiration, it just wasn't there. And to be honest, like people can say what they want about Bruno, but he's got he accumulated the highest xG in the game. He accumulated the highest expected assists in the game. So uh for United, that is. So ultimately, like we should have been up going into the half. At which point, if SAR scores, it's one-one and games on, right? And that is discounting the penalty. That's discounting everything else. So. I just think United need to start taking their chances. Um, it, the desire for Hoylund is only going to increase with every passing week that a game like this is being played. And uh, we'll see how this goes because I, I am not there to hit the panic button just yet. I think there's good quality, there's a lot of good to be had in the team. But um, overall, like just Ten Hag, brother, I trust you, I want you to do well. But um you got, you gotta figure this shit out like I, I I I really just want to see some kids at this point like we play four like we are gonna get slapped at Emirates in two weeks, so like that game's already a done deal. so give me something else to cheer about. So um that is how I currently feel about United and you know what? credit is first like they are playing exactly how you expect angel Paul to go and more important than that, the, fact that they don't have Harry Kane has kind of like made sure the expectations aren't as crazy with the club like but if I if I was a betting person which I am um I <laughs> the will whole the whole podcast uh, I I would bet some units on Spurs winning a trophy like one of the two domestic cups like I I think but at the same time like once the fixture congestion I mean I guess they're not in Europe so no fixture congestion for them so we'll see how that goes but you know what fixtures are coming thick and fast and We've got another Friday game. I'm so thankful that the weekend's over on Sunday and we are not going into Monday again cuz the Monday games fucking kill me. Uh however, let's get started. First game of the weekend before we go and is not here to do the uh, do the whole um explanation. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Um so the way we go about previewing games here is not as uh, normal pe- a normal people a normal pundits normally do it where you just give your words and then nobody needs to hold you accountable at the end of each week. As long as Braden's there, we hold ourselves accountable with the pod box we place. You can look at it as 10 bucks. You can look at it as 100 bucks. We just look at it as one pod unit at this point, And we give you our thoughts on how the game's going to go and which way is best in terms of betting to go for the three-way money line. So let's get started. First game, Chelsea, minus 460. Taking on Luton at plus eleven hundred draws at plus five fifty overunders at three. will. this has to be Chelsea's first win of the season, yeah.
1: Uh, you don't want to make it a foregone conclusion because you do feel like there is a little bit wrong with Chelsea even still. But it's Luton Town, and aside from playing in what I'm now just going to refer to as my home stadium. Uh, instead of like instead of that meaning anything, instead of that being something that gets them across the line, because they don't have that option right now, because the stadium's still not completely complete, it's going to be a rough couple months uh, for them, just in the general sense. This you can expect something goofy, and if something goofy happens, there's a lot there. There's a lot of questions I have to ask of Chelsea as I turn into a coal miner. Uh, but I don't think you're going to have to ask those. I think this is Chelsea. I think this is a pretty handy win for them um i'm not saying i expect a lot out of luton but like i i don't
0: expect anything out of luton yeah i mean minus 460 is a little crazy for the way chelsea have been playing but i think this is the game that they kind of you know when you have a game as a fan when you're like we're back kind of situation um i think that's what's going to happen here and i could very well see like take chelsea take the over and uh have yourself a good friday night after that Moving on, Saturday, first game of the 7.30 kickoff series, again, uh, Bournemouth at plus 260 at home, taking on Spurs at minus 105, draws at plus 290, over-unders at three. I'm going to go ahead and take Spurs. Do you have a contrary opinion to that?
1: I know that Ange has a great home record. Uh, he's unbeaten in 59 home matches over three spells. One of those is Celtic, doesn't really count. Um So it'll be interesting to see if they can carry the momentum back onto the road. And I know the Vitality can be a difficult place to play for some. Um, I don't necessarily see too much happening here. Uh, I think this is a Spurs win. Uh, I kind of gave a lot of credit in that beginning part, and I'm going to stick with it here. Uh, The type of football looks more direct. It looks more attacking. It looks more fun. Uh, And Bournemouth are, with all due respect to the Cherries, kind of cannon fodder here. Uh, Spurs are coming in hot, and I feel like they're going to be feeling themselves. This is also a time of the season where Spurs typically sets out and makes you believe that they're going to do something great. Hopefully, Ang can stop. The back half of that is where Spurs fall apart, and then Arsenal continues to laugh at them for the history of ever and ever. Um, so since Ray's not here and we don't need to laugh at him, I'll go ahead and give him some credit. I'm taking Spurs.
0: Yeah, let's move it along. Uh, Arsenal at minus 460, taking on Fulham at plus 1,000 uh draws are 600 over under the three uh i mean i'm gonna go ahead again and take arsenal damn three fucking uh london teams back to back to back your thoughts will
1: i've been serious for whole episode it's time for a bit uh just relating into the story i told you uh tony khan the owner of aw his dad owns fulham uh tony khan made a promise to the crowd last night he said that a in the near future he would bring a pay-per-view to the city of atlanta i want to go to a pay-per-view so in good faith even though i know arsenal is about to beat the shit out of fulham right here even though it's a london derby on the weekend when aw is in london tony bring the fucking pay-per-view until you do i'm going to pick fulham until you acknowledge me I'm going to pick Fulham. I'm going to make you proud. I'm going to pick them every single week until you promise that pay-per-view is coming. Is this going to bite me in the ass? Yes. Is this going to cost me wins? Yes. Is Tony Khan ever going to hear this? Fuck no. However, I'm going to do it because I want to put the good vibes out into the world. So Fulham, even though I have you as cannon fodder, and even though my brain is telling me to take Arsenal because they're going to mop the floor with you, especially at home, I want my pay-per-view. So I'm picking Fulham. And this is going to be a bit that I'm going to regret for the—I need him to announce his pay-per-view tomorrow. (laughs) Like, I can't do this, dude. (laughs) I'm not going to—this bit will end probably next week when I lose. But until then, Tony Khan, if you're listening, bring it home. I'm picking Fulham. I regret this already.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, Jesus is coming back. I don't know if he'll be uh, fit enough to play, but he is back in training as well. Uh, moving on, Brentford at plus 105, taken on Palace at plus 260, draws at plus 250, over-unders at two and a half. How do you see another London derby going, sir?
1: Coming thick and fast on Saturday. Uh, this one, very compelled to take the draw. I think that... I think Brentford are still Brentford. I think Brentford have found... I think they're going to find a way to overcome the lack of Ivan Tony. I talked about it last week with... Uh, Thomas Frank talking about, as long as he gets his guy scoring, they can still play that Brentford ball they're known for. Roy Hodgson has Palace looking like a half-decent side. They're not in catering, and I don't think they're going to be anywhere near catering this year. I think that they're going to be decently mid-top half of the bottom table, causing some ruckus. Uh, we we almost saw it again this week. Selhurst Park at night is an absolute nightmare, so I predict that Palace are going to do decent, decently well for them season or decently well for themselves this season. I'll learn how to speak at some point. All that being said, London Derby, this has all the makings of a draw. Uh, I think you see a Brentford team that comes out kind of attacking. I think they want to continue to keep those guys up front scoring. But I also think you see a stodgy Palace side that's going to be able to hold them off. And I also think that you're going to see a couple goals out of Palace. I'm... Kind of tempted to take the over, as crazy as that sounds. I know it's a two and a half, but I think there might be some goals banged in. I think this might be a little bit more open of a game we'll give it credit for. It's London Derby.
0: One of them has to be a draw. I'm taking this. one. Fair. Uh I'm going to take Brentford, actually. I mean, at home, it's hard to discount them. And I think overall, Palace still are a team that is a lot of flair and not a lot of actual goals, in my opinion. And until they change that, I am... uh not really going to take them into account in games like this so I'm gonna go with brentford i uh, moving on everton at plus 130 taking on wolves at plus 210 draws at plus 235 overners at two and a half this is gonna be the most boring game of the weekend eh? uh it's d- d- drab uh i'm not even gonna say beige because
1: that's giving like that's disrespecting the color page like this should be a boring game that being said just on the basis of everton coming back home after suffering suffering some tragedy in their own like in their own uh uh, with the accident that happened at the building of their stadium resulting in a loss of life of one of their fans i do think that the home crowd should be able to pull them across the line and i'm picking everton to win by a goal it's still going to be drab it's still gonna be boring wolves still work in progress. I know results were a little bit better than what we thought they were going to be last week, but I don't I don't foresee that lasting. And I think that this Everton team, with the emotions of being back home, uh, and just the emotions of the fact that this Everton side need to start getting some, some results as quickly as humanly possible, I think that's enough to pull them over the line. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Everton. Smash the under button, because this is going to be fucking miserable football to watch. But to be honest, I kind of hope Everton win because I would like for some good news to come out of the other side of Merseyside, based upon everything that's been happening to them for the past couple of weeks.
0: Fair enough. I'm going to go with the draw. I I think this has got to be the actually. Fuck. It, I'm actually going to take. Oh, no, I'm going to take the draw just to have a little bit of a difference here because, I mean, Wolves can't score to save their lives right now, and until that changes, I'm very hard pressed to take the over in a game like this. But at the same time, like, it's you can't do it until you can kind of situation. So, gonna go with a draw in this game. Uh, moving on, Manchester United at home, at minus 325, taking on Forrest at plus 750, draws at plus 500, and at three. Really interested to hear your thoughts first on this. Uh,
1: so last week's results were not what you guys wanted. Forrest, if uh, Look, I'm going to be short and sweet about it while I look up the results that I'm trying to figure out. Uh, <laughs> cut to me at my desk typing in things. Manchester United is going to come home, and they just lost a match against uh, one of the bigger clubs in England. Uh, y'all going to be mad. Fans going to be angry. Uh, Ten Hag's going to be extra bald and extra furious. I know Forrest is coming off the back of a win. But that's a win against a team who is in lateral company to them. I think Forrest can pit points off people like that and survive. But this ain't about survival. This is about them getting their asses kicked because Manchester United is coming in hot. There are injuries to worry about. I get it. But (laughs) there's also been a lot of stuff happening in Manchester this week. So I feel like with that home crowd and the vociferousness that they will have, and uh, not to bring up too many touchy subjects, but maybe some trust has been restored because certain people – not going to go to Saudi Arabia to continue their careers. I think the home support will be behind you. I think there'll be a lot of passion and anger there, and I don't think Forrest will see it coming. So this feels like a Manchester United win that restores a little bit of faith and uh, humanity up in those parts.
0: Uh, I, it's hard to bet against United in a game like this, but I'm going to go for a draw. I think there are a, quite a few questions that United need to answer. I know the home crowd is going to go at it, but when united results don't go the way fans want them to um, there is an even bigger emphasis on the anti-glazer situation and for all the reports that have come out about like the sales stalling and all of that shit i think this is um, going to be one of those situations where united take the lead end up conceding and then have a shit ton of chances but um by the end of the game it feels like hey 1-1 one, one was the fair result so
1: more demonstrative crowd than a supportive crowd is what it sounds like you're saying to me
0: i mean yeah i mean it, that's i think a little unfair just because i think a lot of it is like uh, they, they do support the players i, I think yeah. that that should not be uh, missed in what i'm saying it's ultimately just in games like this especially when you know things haven't been going your way you just need a player to stand up and take your chances, make it 2-0, no, make it 3-0 no, before half, and, like, you're cruising. I just don't see United have a player like that. Like, the entire emphasis is on Bruno to be doing that. But, like, he's a midfielder. Like, you know, you're paying Rashford 300k a week. You bought Anthony for 100k. You bought, on oh 100k, no, 100k, 100 million. 100k would have been nice. 100 million. Um, fucking, um... Garnacho, he's 18, 19, like he's still learning how to start games. Like he could dribble past people, like because he could just run past tired defenders. S- Sancho, like I don't know what the fuck's happened to him. Like Palestri, I don't know what's going on. So like there isn't a whole lot of Premier League goal pedigree within this Manchester United team. Which I, I I'm not trying to sound the caution bell or anything, but if Hyland doesn't work out or Hoyun doesn't work out. It is going to be a very tricky situation because United, again, have overspent on an unproven player. So let's see how that goes. But injuries are piling up. Could be in for quite a game here. Uh, moving on, final game on Saturday. Brighton at home at minus 190, taking on West Ham at plus 440, draws at plus 380, over under at 3.5. Will, do you think this Brighton train continues? The
1: the The ball that Brighton played last weekend was like, It was it was sound. Matoma looks like Jesus out there. I get it. West Ham's result. I don't want to say it's it's hiding cracks or anything like that. It's a great result for them. And it gives me pause because it makes me feel like West Ham could claw their way back into this. But I just I think West Ham is going to be one of those teams who is going to find themselves getting a lot of their points in the London Stadium. And when they go on the road, they're going to get found out pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, we'll see what happens with Paqueta and the fact that he may have just pulled an Ivan Tony. Uh That's why Manchester City's not interested in him anymore. So we'll see how that goes with his play and how he feels about that. But that Brighton team, man, they look real good. And it's at the MX. We know how dangerous that place could be. I want Deserby to have a moment of unsureness, and I can foresee it happening here just because West Ham are coming off the high. But I don't want to use my dumbass bet of the week right here. So instead of doing that, I'm gonna be smart, like I have been known to not do. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna pick Brighton because because I gotta make a safe bet at some point. Yeah, I'm taking Brighton.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I have to go with Brighton as well here. It, they are a very entertaining team and. Until something significantly changes, uh, or West Ham shows signs of life, I i think against an organized, very good pressing team, um they will have some trouble. But the one thing to consider here uh West Ham, David Moyes having James warpros is a fucking like a madman having nuclear codes. Like he is <laughs> going to make them practice those set pieces over and over again. So that is the one thing. If they do see
1: corners all day, like.
0: yeah, like if you do see a lot of corners, a lot of things, like and the line is good, like take the draw, take a West Ham live bet because that is where I think they can make a big, big difference. Moving on, Burnley at plus two forty taking on Villa at plus one ten draws at plus two sixty over is a two and a half. I mean, Villa came back swinging after in that last game. Do you think they continue against Burnley, who again I think will be playing quite an open game?
1: Uh, yeah. Here's where the dumbass man of the week
0: comes in because I'm taking
1: Burnley. Uh, I'm Villa. It there, there's something to be said about Villa's performance after kind of being put to the sword by another team who they see some of themselves in them. If that makes any sense, they they want to get to where Newcastle is now, and Newcastle wants to get to where everyone else is now. It. To To come back after something like that and have a performance where you put somebody to the sword and show that you're still about your business, hey, that's commendable. But I think that Turfmore is a different place than it used to be. I think Vincent Company, like I think with a team like Villa, Vincent Company doesn't necessarily have to worry about getting the boys charged up to like play some like, you gotta play somebody big. you gotta be worried. Also, add a benefit of some rest, because they hadn't played a game in a minute, and Villa played a very, very exciting, intense sort of game at home. I think with Turf I think with a little rest, God bless Kenilworth Road. And I think with Villa can go and take points off of that, like teams like that. They can, I'm trying to figure out how to say my thought. Villa are a better team than what they showed in that first match of the season. And I think that they might even be as good as the teams they showed in that second match of the season. But I think that there are going to be times that they're going to get sorted out by teams who need something. And I think that this is a position where Burnley needs something. And I think with just a little bit more rest, Burnley will be able to put their teeth to the grindstone and be able to pull this out. So it doesn't feel like a dumbass bet of the week, because I kind of explained it like I do most of the bets I make. Um, But I'm just naturally a dumb person. So that's a dumbass bet of the week.
0: I'm taking Burnley. Fair enough. Uh, I'm gonna take a draw in this game. Actually, I think um, ultimately, I, I I need to see Villa do it away, and especially against a team that will play open. If you if I'm not feeling confident, I'm not really gonna take you. So gonna go with a draw. Sheffield United at home at plus fourteen hundred taking on City at minus five seventy five draws a plus two sixty five or not two plus six twenty five. Over-unders at three. wheel. which way do you see this go?
1: You'll, you'll want to say that the, the might of Manchester City stops at some point. Uh, unfortunately, this is not that fucking point. I don't think I need to expound. I don't think I need to explain. I don't think I need to blow vape. I think I just need to go ahead and uh, pick the draw because City's not going to pay me enough. <laughs> uh, this is a City win through and through. But for the interest of me making some money, I'm going to take the draw. Uh I would be interested in every other kind of bet involved with this match than anything we have presented. I don't want to take any lines. I don't want to take the over-under. I don't want to do any of that. I'm looking for, like, the Holland to score six, Jack Grealish to slip on a banana peel. Like, I'm taking any sort of prop bet or, like, any anything I can work into, work into anything I can instead of taking this line because this is not – This ain't good value for City. It's decent value for the draw, and there's no way on God's green earth I'm picking Sheffield at plus 14. There's no way on God's green earth I'm picking Sheffield at the cost of my damn mortgage. So, yeah, I'm taking City. Or I'm taking the draw. I'm not taking City. Look, my brain wants me to take City, but I'm still taking the draw. I know how this is going to end. It's fine.
0: Yeah, I'm going to join you with the draw. just can't bet on City at minus 575. Like, there isn't a whole lot of value. Yeah. But... Here is the big game of the weekend: Newcastle United at home, a plus one fifteen plus favorites against Liverpool, a plus two oh five draws, a plus two ninety over unders at three. You got McAllister back? Do you think y'all come in do some madness here?
1: This has the makings of just from personal experience. This has the makings of one of those games that either is going to be one of those that I talk about for the next fifteen years as something I remember. Like, what a match that was. Oh, my God. Even in draws. See, Andre Archibald scoring four. Uh, but it also has the makings of, I'm going to have to go to Liverpool Reddit and listen to everyone complain uh, for the next five weeks about how shitty we looked against Newcastle. Uh, and honestly, I'm picking the latter. I think New- there's so much to be answered for Liverpool. There's still transfer dealings to be done. There's so Like, this is not the complete team. And as much as everyone loved how great Silva played last week, he played a bang-on average game, and I think we just haven't seen someone play a bang-on average game in that position in a hot minute. Uh, I understand that there's a lot of of love for him and things like that, but I don't think that he's answering all the questions we need. I think this Newcastle team, this is their turn-the-corner moment. Um, I am given pause by the fact that uh, if you listen to the podcast, you know I'm the history dude. Newcastle, Liverpool, several, several seasons ago when I was but a young puck, put on an absolute classic that most people still consider one of uh, the Premier League's best games ever. I believe it was 4-4, 3-3. Stan Collingmore <laughs> scored, so I know that much. This could be that. Because uh, this is a high-flying Liverpool team that goes out up front. And I think they could probably put some boots to those guys at the back for Newcastle. But I still think this is a different Newcastle team. I think this is one of those moments where they can go ahead and say they turned a corner and really became about their shit. It feels real shitty to not pick Liverpool, especially with that fucking Liverpool flag staring me in the face out my window. Um, but I think this Newcastle team is gonna do going to do a fucking madness, man. So I'm taking Newcastle. I'm hoping for the opposite result. Uh, I want to make my fellow Will of Newcastle Will and these Day fucking miserable. So, yeah. I'm going to pick Newcastle even though I just actively said I want someone from Newcastle to have a terrible day. I don't know who to pick, man. I'm just picking Newcastle because I want to win. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm going to pick Newcastle as well. I think they have looked very organized. They've looked very composed. And, it you know, this is the first time they get a big team this season at home where they can put a marker down because – you go in and you beat Liverpool in a convincing manner. All of a sudden, the conversation shifts. Like, people are still going to talk about Liverpool being mediocre and whatnot. But Newcastle winning this game can really, even in my eyes, change the trajectory of how I look at them for this season and what is are the expectation. All Newcastle title contenders. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, it, at this point, like, you just got to keep racking up wins. Because you never know uh, come February, March. Um, how much of a lead Arsenal has that they can bottle again. So <laughs> Somewhere, <On> Brayden. <laughs> yeah, Brayden, that's what you get for missing the show. Um, <laughs> on that note, people, that is it from us. Sorry about the delay podcast. We will be making sure we get more time in next time, as well as making sure we give it to you a little early. So on that note, we shall see you next week. Cheers.